Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a spoiler-free review, a movie that's been out for a couple of weeks, but in typical Oz Network fashion, we do it when we want to. We aren't bound to constraints of doing it when they come out. Oh, look at us. We're on social media. We're doing it before the movie. We get invited. No, we want to do it weeks after because... That's how we roll. We are here to cover Argyle, the new movie that is not James Bond. It's not Henry Cavill. Well, it is Henry Cavill, kind of. He's in it sometimes. There's a cat. There's Bryce Dallas Howard. There's Catherine O'Hara. There's Sam Rockwell. There's Brian Cranston. There's Dua Lipa. There's John Cena. There's a cat. There's lots of people in this movie. There's a backpack. There is. And I am very intrigued to talk about this movie with Colin and you, our listener. My name is Ben, and so when you feel the fear, remember to focus on the only thing that's real, what's right in front of you. I I don't have a quote. I just found one on IMDb. Thank you for not stealing mine. My name is Colin, and... (laughs) Ah, why didn't I go with that one? Um, I sort of went into this. uh, This is one of these ones that's very well advertised. I don't know if I would have genuinely seen this movie had I not seen the trailers, I mean, it just, it looked very entertaining. So I was like, okay, that looks kind of good. And I mean, honestly, I had a free movie ticket that was just sitting around and I needed to use in the next month. Otherwise it would have expired. Um, I've never actually seen uh, any of Matthew Vaughn's movies. So I've never seen, I mean, obviously I know we're doing really? Layer Cake on um, on 007. I think I saw the opening of uh, one of the Kingsman movies once. Um, I'm looking here. I've, I've never seen the X-Men movie he's done. So I've, I've never seen any of his movies, funnily enough. But I'm sort of obviously familiar with what he's done and that he's quite popular. Um, but I went into this completely blind outside of knowing it's got a stacked cast. Didn't even see the reviews for it. So I was not aware that this movie was getting completely trashed out there. Then Madam Webb came along. So obviously that took all over all the, uh, the bad reviews. But I mean, I've got to say it... It's a it's an interesting movie, which is just harmless fun, Colin. It's harmless fun. It's a bit silly. Yeah. It's a bit stupid, but it's it's harmless fun. That's all I can say with Argyle. And done. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Um, yeah, I, like I've seen most of Matthew Vaughn's movies. I haven't seen the King's Man, the the Kingsman prequel. Um, but I don't know if just a lot of people are watching this that have never seen his movies before. This is very much his style of movie. Like you said, it's harmless fun. I, I find it interesting how bad the reviews have been for this because um, I had uh, a couple of friends who were texting me the other day asking about, uh, you know, hey, maybe we can go see 
uh, cheap movie because they have like these five dollar Tuesdays right now. Is it your friend that uh, owes they... you eight hundred dollars, or is this a... <laughs> no, no, no? Leave what? me alone. Pay me my eight hundred dollars. <laughs> How many Tuesdays are we gonna have to go for you to pay this back? <laughs> um, but he said, "Oh, I was thinking my Madam Web or Argyle," and I was saying, "Like, well, Madam Web's not worth a five cent Tuesday, uh, but Argyle, I might be okay with seeing again." And the other friend hadn't seen it yet, and he was saying he doesn't really follow any type of reviews because. He said specifically, Argyle's getting trashed, and every person I know who's seen it has really enjoyed it. Um, maybe these people are going in with these high expectations. Like it has to be the most brilliant movie ever made. It has to be some you know groundbreaking movie. Maybe they're expecting it to be more like The Kingsman. But like this is it's it's very over the top. There are some issues with it, but it's it's enjoyable start to finish. There's a lot of really fun things about it, so I liked it. Yeah, like it. I mean, it started off like it's kind of one of these movies where like you start watching and you're like, oh, I'm really into this. And like, yeah, as you said, there's definitely issues. I mean, this would be a very interesting one to do like a full recap of because it's definitely a movie that is like, hey, do you like twists? Well, here's one. Lol, kidding. Here's another twist. <laughs> Lol, kidding. Here's another twist. Um, I mean, on that, it's a bit silly. I will say I didn't know you could ice skate on oil. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's a thing. But, I mean, outside of, like, some absolute over the top. But, I mean, I almost think this is meant to be that over the top. Like, I saw, like, some review mm-hmm. or something saying, like, oh, it's basically a parody of itself. And I'm like, well, is this kind of not meant to be a parody of spy films? I think it's kind of, it's very clever. Like, it. It sort of reminded me, not because there's one of the stars in this movie who was in the movie I'm about to reference. It kind of reminded me a bit of Galaxy Quest in the fact that it's sort of, it's taking like a fictional world and then turning it into what's actually a real world. Like, obviously Galaxy Quest is a far superior movie, but like, I mean, Sam Rockwell's in both. I don't know, like it just sort of, they'll pass this movie, I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of like Galaxy Quest. You know, they, they're like talking about this fictional yeah. world with fictional characters, but it's actually real and like, you know, the sort of the main star is trying to, you know, adapt to this fictional world that she thought she was creating. It's, it's, it's I don't know if I'm stretching the thin bow there, but like, it's, I don't know. I'm just like, You're selling is, me. <laughs> it's like a modern Galaxy Quest in a weird way. Galaxy Quest meets Free Guy or something like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because there was that Sandra Bullock movie with uh, Channing Tatum, The Lost City, I think, like last year or the year before that was sort of similar to this, you know, like an author writes books and then turns out some of it's real. Um, so I was leaning more towards that. But when you start talking about Galaxy Quest, like you're completely right because this is more so about uh, th- these people are taking the books. Well, we don't want to spoil too much. Are these people taking the books and then living it out? Mm. Or is the author writing stuff that she knows is real but doesn't understand it? Um, so I can, I can see the Galaxy Quest comparisons now that you mentioned that. Uh, like it, it's a very complicated premise and this is quickest way i can get to what i think the issues are in this movie because you was mentioned you're mentioned like there's a twist and now there's another twist and another twist i've read a lot of people who have said that this movie has too many twists um and it has too many over-the-top cartoony action sequences uh, i don't think that's the case i think the problem is all in pacing they reserve all of the twists and all the over-the-top stuff for like the last act of the movie mm. so you basically have a chance to breathe for like an hour and a half. And then you spend 45 minutes to whatever, how long movies, another 45 minutes hour after that, where it's just one thing after the other, after the other. Whereas if you maybe spaced it out a little bit more, this movie would probably be universally loved. I think it was just a little bit too much too late in the movie. You, you get into the rhythm of thinking you get one thing 
And then all of a sudden you make it something completely different at the end. Just just bide your time a little bit more. It's a great it's a great way of saying, yeah, I like that. And I saw some people complaining this movie was too long. I don't think it's too long. I just think it just feels, yeah, very rushed towards the end. I think the thing, this is a movie that I honestly can see in 10, 20 years time being loved. Like it kind of, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's just at the moment it's not. And, and I think like we've talked a bit on this show about how we are kind of entering a new phase of movies where it seems movies are starting to get a little bit lighter now. They're starting to get a bit silly. Like we've been such through a period of dark, realistic, gritty movies and that, you know, even comedies have to be, you know, like the big sick, like it's very dark and depressing and all that kind of stuff, even though it's a bit funny. I think that this is one of these movies where we're coming into the light that if this was released in the 1990s, everybody's just going to accept this for what it is because that's how movies were back then. And I think that this is definitely a movie in the future that's going to come across a lot better. I mean, the cast itself, I mean, I think that's... I feel like this movie is one of these ones that is promoted so well, promoted heavily, that everybody, as you said, had expectations, particularly with the cast, because I think it's it's kind of clever the way they use some of the people in it. Like, Henry Cavill, his build is, like, front and centre of the poster. Like, I saw the pitch meeting on YouTube, and they're basically, you know, making fun of the fact that, let's promote this as Henry Cavill, but let's only put him in the movie for, like, five minutes. I mean, he's in it for a bit longer than five minutes, but Henry Cavill's brilliant. I don't know how many lines he's yeah. got in this movie. But, like, if you if this is his kind of, like, nod to, you know, Michael and Barbara going, well, you're never going to cast me as Bond, so let me have a bit of fun with this. I mean, this to me is just another perfect reason why he should be James Bond. I know it's a bit more over yeah. the top than James Bond is, but he's got that, like, the, the, like without, I mean, this is not really a spoiler. It's sort of a spoiler. I guess there's sort of a lot of, I mean, you've seen the trailer. So there's lots of scenes sort of intersecting where Bryce Dallas Howard's character is sort of imagining Henry Cavill's character mm-hmm. in the situation she's presenting itself in. Because obviously, if you've seen the trailer, you know that Henry Cavill's character is the fictional agent that she has created in her in her books. So kind of that, I will say, does get a bit on the nose sometimes because the way that editor's like, okay, like we get it. But like the scenes where you see Henry Cavill are just amazing. Like he's just like got this really cheeky swipe, like a bit of Pierce Brosnan about him, the way he's kind of with it, which again, this just only proves how much of a great James Bond he would be to me. I mean, Bryce Dallas mm-hmm. Howard is brilliant. I mean, love her. We've talked a lot about her on previous episodes and wasted in the Jurassic World movies and she's always fun and I think she... You know, particularly the twists that are involved around her character is good. Sam Rockwell, I mean, need we say more? We love him. Which, kind of say, random thing this episode, he's the when he ages, he's starting to look a lot like Eric McCormick. And I don't know why a lot <laughs> through this movie I'm going like, Eric McCormick would have been good in this movie. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, Sam Rockwell's great. I don't know. Like, I just, maybe it was me through yeah. that. Um, but then, like, I've got to say, um, Catherine O'Hara, fantastic to see her, but... Brian Cranston basically playing like oh. a Bond villain. I mean, come on. Like, we want Brian Cranston as a Bond villain. Can we just say, Matthew Vaughn, let, let's hope that this is an audition. Like, let's start with Layer Cake, that for Bond 26, we're going to have Henry Cavill as Bond and Brian Cranston as a Bond villain, because I think <laughs> I'd, I'd pay good money to see that. I mean, maybe this is more Matthew Vaughn's audition tape for Bond, because, I mean, he maybe. he basically filmed Daniel Craig's audition for Bond with Layer Cake. Yeah. And he's probably feeling like, they didn't hire, I thought they were going to hire me to direct it. I didn't think they were going to hire Daniel. <laughs> this was all about me. And now it's like, well, let me just piggyback off uh, Henry Cavill. No ice skating on oil, though, please, Matthew. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, the thing is, yeah, this is not Henry Cavill's movie, but he is a central character. And, uh, this is another thing I think with modern audiences to kind of get lost because you look at a lot of like older movies and 
your biggest star, the most memorable person in that movie is not necessarily the star. You, you mm. look at, you, I know you haven't seen it, but like The Godfather, when people think about The Godfather, they think about Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando is basically a supporting character in The Godfather, but he is what you think about. And Anthony that's Hopkins, kind of what Henry, of the Lambs. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, and of course people are going to think Jodie Foster, but I mean, even even next to Jodie Foster, I don't think Anthony Hopkins has the most screen time in that movie. I think he, so, his Oscar is like, isn't it like the shortest amount of the shortest screen time amount ever won? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like Henry Cavill has a presence in this movie that's very important. And you need somebody who can actually lend the believability to being a super spy while still being able to have fun with it. And I think this is maybe the first time we've really seen Henry Cavill do something that's that's really funny. You know, like, yeah, we've had some comedy in the DC movies. There was a little bit in Mission Impossible. I mean, for the most part, he's been very serious. He's kind of like the the Daniel Craig of Superman's. But he's hilarious in this movie, too, even just the way he's almost parodying these types of movies. And everybody else, like, I, again, I saw some reviews were saying Bryce Dallas Howard's was miscast. Oh. I think that she's more perfectly cast in this than she is Jurassic uh, Park, Jurassic World. Great. Uh, in fact, what this movie gets right is what they shied away from because of a bunch of people on the Internet complaining because she was wearing high heels in the first movie is that she should be somebody who's out of her element. I don't want to see Bryce Dallas Howard trying to convince you that she is this great action hero i want to see somebody who doesn't necessarily belong there and that's where she does really well in this is by being the fish out of water or a cat out of bag whatever you want to call it in this movie Which, uh and like sam rockwell is sam rockwell. like everybody in this movie just hits the ball out of the park i mean from the like two or three scenes john cena has he's hilarious oh, yeah. um the, the, brian cranston yeah perfect bond villain leaper um, mm. Yeah, no, can, can I just comment on something? Oh, we God, talked recently you hate on, her too. <laughs> no, 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 the, the, the opposite. We were, we were talking about, I think it was on a mask episode where it's like, you know, blondes just don't do it for me. This woman, I don't know what it is, 10 times more attractive as a blonde than she is with dark hair. I I don't think I realize how much of a fanboy I am of Dua Lipa. I mean, she's got great music, don't get me wrong. Like, I, it's not just about the looks, but... Uh, I guess it's been a while since a, a pop star. I've gone like, okay, yep, mm -hmm, I'm a I'm a Dua Lipa fan. So, um, and and I was telling you because you were saying that before you saw the movie. I'm like, oh, wait, do you see Argyle? That scene she has, and again, this is not a perving thing, but like that scene she has with Henry Cavill, the dance scene, like physicality. This woman could be an action. You take that type of physicality and dance. You yeah. can uh, perfect example. There's a. Uh, it's a small role in this movie. Um, the what's her name? She she was in the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Um, I'll find her name eventually. Uh, but uh, she started in the Kingsman. Um, uh, I'm gonna feel like an idiot if I don't find her name right now. Uh, I'm usually talking about her all the time around Jamie because I'm Rihanna. Sophia Batella. <laughs> Rihanna. Yeah. No, Sophia I'm Batella. About her all so the she, time. <laughs> she Sophia Sophia Batella is in this movie, but she sort of started in the the first Kingsman movie. And again, she was a dancer that Matthew Vaughn cast. And now all of a sudden she has sort of turned into like this, this growing action star. She was, in, she played the the mummy in the Tom Cruise mummy movie. She was in a Star Trek movie. She's been in uh, Hotel Artemis, uh, you know, a Jodie Foster action movie. So there's, there's something to be said for taking somebody who's maybe just a pop star or a dancer. And there's things they can do that other people can't. And like, I, I was buying her, even if it was just in dancing, I was buying it. Well, I mean, she, I guess, technically made her acting debut on Barbie, but did she actually have a speaking line in Barbie? Or was that just in one of those montages where they like have a passing comment? I think it was the montage, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is kind of her acting debut. And I actually, like, she's older than I thought she was. I thought she was like maybe like early 20s, but she's actually 28. So yeah, I mean, I think she, I mean, it's a very small scene that she's in, but it's it's great. She does, well, and it's, it's I mean, that, 
I think it's beautifully shot, like the style of this film. I kind of like the colours and just the way it sort of looks. And people are bagging out the special effects. I think that kind of adds to this movie. I think like in the opening mm. chase sequence when you're, you're a bit like, oh, okay, these special effects aren't exactly, you know, Academy Award worthy. But you're still kind of like, okay, but like that's the style they're going for. It's like how people bagged out the Flash, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there were some hammy effects in the Flash. But like I think in the opening moments when you got him catching the babies and the babies look like some sort of like, you know, 3D rendered thing from 2002, you kind of know that's the style they're going for. And you're like, okay, like mm-hmm. I can accept that. When when it's like this, when it's a whole movie, not like a certain James Bond film that I love, that one film, the scene just looks absolutely terrible and the rest <laughs> looks passable. Um you can't soundboard that because you don't have a soundboard. <laughs> um, but, like, I just, I don't know. I just think that was a style of it. And I think, like, when you got Dua Lipa and Henry Cavill dancing all sexy-like, I mean, my Lord, that is a that is a hot scene. But, like, talking about, like, miscasting or whatever, like, like Bryce Dallas Howard, I think the thing that I appreciate about sort of the real world of this is where you have Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell. And here I am glowing about the attractiveness and beauty, beautiness of Dua Lipa and Henry Cavill. I'm not saying that Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell are not beautiful people, but if you put them next to Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa, they're a lot more plain mm-hmm. looking. And I think that's the point. And I think that yeah. kind of when you've got this real world and like you even have Sam Rockwell kind of like joking about it in his opening scene, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, oh, you know, this is what spies look like. What do you think we look like? And I think mm-hmm. like that's, that's a great way of doing it. And I like the fact that you've got quote normal people in these sort of you know, roles, which is, you know, great. And like Catherine O'Hara, when was the last time we had her in something? Like, I mean, she kind of hams it up a lot too. And she has mm-hmm. a lot more in this movie to do than I thought she would. Samuel Jackson's the one who gets shafted the most. I didn't think, yeah. you know, but I mean, still there's something about Samuel Jackson, just being Samuel Jackson. And some of his scenes <laughs> literally are sitting in a chair, like laughing and going, ah, oh, damn it. Uh, which I don't know, Samuel Jackson in a winery in France. It's something I didn't know mm-hmm. I needed. Um, and John I, Cena's good too. Get- I wanted to like touch on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get too much into spoilers here, but we'll say there's a post-credit scene. Well, there's two things. One, the way the movie ends, and then a post-credit scene. This clearly setting up there's going to be a universe here. Yeah, um, that may, may be Matthew tied. Will, sorry, has admitted that. Yeah, there's. Yeah. yeah, and it may be tied into another franchise, which may or may not be connected to Matthew Vaughn. It's going to be the Layer Cake universe. Let's just spoil it now. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, this is something where. Uh, and I, I frequently have had movies like this where maybe I didn't a hundred percent love the first one, but I love the idea of where they're going with it. And I want to see more. And that's kind of what this movie was to me. Like there's major issues with it, but I kind of want to see it again. And if they made a sequel, I have a feeling I'd be even more excited for a sequel than I was for this one. Even though this movie is not necessarily like an instant classic, it's really got my interest peaked. I think it is. Maybe one that, like, as I said, like in 10, 20 years time, it's going to be appreciated. And if you did a sequel, it could like definitely take it. And again, I've not seen the Kingsman, so I don't really know much around like the things that are shared. And, like, I, like even the, the post credit scene when there was sort of like a reference, I'm like, okay, I think that's meant to be a thing connected to his other movies. Sure. Great. Um, but like the, the only thing I get a bit skeptical about is when you, when you make a movie like this, you promote it heavily and you know, everyone's getting excited about it. And clearly it's getting bad reviews, but he's still going like, oh, yeah, there'll, there'll be a prequel. This will be a sequel. There'll be like three of these. You're kind of going like, mm, is there though? Because <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like it, I mean, it, it did surprise me when I when I left this going like how bad the reviews got. Like, so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I would, I'm with you. I'm down for a sequel. I just feel this is one of those ones where we might not get it or it's just going to be like yeah. a straight to HBO Netflix type thing where the budget's not going to be as much. Um, but I mean, like, 
just quickly on the acting again, like, I mean, everyone seems to be having fun in this movie. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. You, you know, they're, they're really relishing their roles in this. And I think, like, again, back to Brian Cranston, I mean, it's it sounds weird to say he plays a great villain, considering that Walter White technically is TV's greatest ever villain, but, of course, he doesn't start out as a villain, you know, and you mm-hmm. sympathise with Walter White. So you don't really see Walter White as a villain, really, except maybe for the last season. But so, like, when you actually get to see him full-on, like, hammered up like it just it suits him and he looks like he's having fun and him and captain o'hara great couple great casting by the way there uh matthew Vaughan i want them as my parents i should say matthew Vaughan, the I casting would. director I, I mean i wouldn't I want them as the my people parents. not the characters yeah. <laughs> real life brian cranston and real life <laughs> catherine o'hara um but yeah and i mean the soundtrack's great i actually pull my phone out yeah. a couple of times in this to shazam a couple of songs which again that's isn't that what Matthew Vaughan's known for? I think the opening, I'm pretty sure it was a Kingsman movie where it opens up to uh, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits and they're like mm-hmm. in a big building exploding. That's a Kingsman movie, right, isn't it? Um, it was on like... Maybe. It was on TV once and I'm like, oh, this looks good. What's this? And it was like, oh, this is a Kingsman movie. And I'm like, cool, I'll change the channel like at the first commercial break and I don't know why. It seemed good. I just didn't keep watching it. Um, no Dua Lipa songs in it though. Bit surprising that mm-hmm. they didn't sort of milk her for all her worth. Um I just, I just don't get, like, I mean, I've read the reviews and I can see what people are saying, but, like, if you had said to me, like, oh, you're going to see a movie that is basically, what, got, I mean, 32% is not as low as Madam Web, but, like, it's it's still, I've not seen really many good things about it. Even Casey, who I said I was going to see, she's like, oh, I haven't heard very good things about that. Even your nephew who's messaging me saying, like, avoid Black, uh, black, black Adam, what? Uh, Madam <laughs> Web, like, the plague. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to see Argyle. He's like, yeah, that's probably a slightly better choice. I'm like, what is with this movie that people are not liking? But I mean, it's, I don't think this deserves hate. That's what I'm trying to say. I can see issues with it, but like universal hate, like, no, it's not that bad. Like this, you're right. This is going to be a movie that 10, 20 years from now, people are going to really appreciate, you know? Uh, cause I, I've yet to, and I saw it with a, a, a big group of people and then, Again, through group text, found out that there are other groups of people who saw this and everybody seems to enjoy it. So this could just be one of these things like the Star Wars prequels where everybody's just hating on it for no reason and nobody's actually speaking their own mind. The one thing I will say, though, with the twists, there are a couple that are glaringly obvious. Um, I will say <laughs> the main twist, I'll admit I wasn't paying attention enough to that to work out like who it was. I thought that was going a slightly different direction, but when it was revealed, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But like, there's one with a character who may or may not come back in this movie. And, like, within two seconds, I'm like, oh, they're back. Like, that's that's obvious. And then there was just a few other moments. I'm like, oh, that's happening, that's happening, that's happening. And you sort of, it's, th- that's the one thing about the twist is I think that 75% of them are obvious and you get them, right? Like, you're going to, like, you, yeah. unless you're dumb. If Noah's watching this, um, <laughs> happy birthday, by the way, Noah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, but I don't know. Like, that's my, there's a lot of twists, but I think they're quite obvious twists. Yeah, and that, again, that's where I think spacing it out would have been better because um, you, you're 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 messing with the audience. You have one twist after the other, and you almost start to catch on a little bit too quickly at the point they start revealing them. And the cat, can I just mention the cat? Um, first time in a, wa- a while, we haven't really had a, a cat lover or a cat be like punished for being evil. If only Bri- I mean Bryce Dallas Howard is kind of a journalist; she's a writer. So kind of, this is like a sort of starting to buck this Ben Waterworth trend of, oh, look, journalists and cat lovers are evil. So, you know, we're sort of 75% the way there in this movie. 
Are backpacks like that real? They are. Do people actually use no, those? They, they are. are. Because I know when oh. when I was with a certain person who shan't be named, we were going to get one for Stiggy, but uh, we never quite did. So no, these are real. I got to yeah. get those from. If I, if I had thought about that a couple of years ago, I could have got them for my kids. That would have been great. <laughs> That's but like I, the, the Simpsons where Homer builds the Homer car yeah. and it's just kids enclosed in bubbles in the back. I think like the thing that like I am pro like cat in a backpack was like we live in a world now where like dogs in public is just accepted. And like, again, it's you got to get used to it. But there are certain places I'm sorry, you should not be bringing it. I don't want to go to like Walmart. Not like I can in Australia, but like, why have you got your dog in Walmart? I don't want to walk down and buy like a packet of chips and there's a dog shit in the aisle. Like, like I avoid dog shit where I can. At least with a cat in a bubble, like it's in a bubble. So like it's just sitting <laughs> in a bag and it's cute. And you can go, oh, little kitty. And that's all you need to do, right? Like, I mean, you know, put your put Dizzy in a bag. I'm sure that would work. <laughs> we, we need Dizzy in a bag. <laughs> Dizzy in a bag. I don't know. I'm pro cat and bag is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. I'm pro cat and I'm pro cat and bag. And just to clarify when I said... <laughs> I go out of my way to avoid dog shit. I think most people do. I don't think there are people who are like, where's a dog shit? I need to tread in it. And if you do, good for you. Uh, I my don't, kids do. I, I don't have, we'll put them in a bag. Um, I don't really have much else to add on this movie. Um, I have a, once we give our reviews, I've got a really quick side question I want to ask you before we tease what's happening next. But uh, I think I'm, I kind of went into this episode thinking it might be a high rent, but I think just talking it out loud with you and kind of getting your vibe I'm gonna give it a buy. Like it's it's a harmless yeah. it's a harmless movie. Like I'd watch this again. Like this is fun. It's just it's got issues. Again, it's not the best movie of the year. I mean, having mm-hmm. said that, year's just started. It could be. Who knows? This could be a terrible year for movies. But like, it's just harmless fun. I would easily watch this again and put it on and just be like, yeah, cool, Argo. What's that? What's what's the harm? Like the Oz Network. What's the harm? Well, there's lots of harm to the Oz network. Um, little, at least lawyers tell us, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. Like this is it's a buy without it being like super enthusiastic. Yeah, uh, the fact that I am willing to go because I probably will be going to see this next Tuesday for the five dollars Tuesdays. Uh, but uh, I'll probably go see it again. I'll be paying my own money, so <laughs> it's worth it. It's it's more fun than most people out there are leading you believe. So if you haven't seen it, listen to us. And if you're not listening to us, listen to the people that we talk to who said to listen to the people they talk to. Exactly. They like it. Exactly. Uh, question without notice, just really quickly, because uh, I'm not going to go see it. I have no desire to, and I feel you're not going to do a review on it. Maybe you are. Maybe this can be like a backdoor pilot to it. Is Madam Web as bad as people are saying? I just, I'm loving the hate it's getting it, out there right now. It, it is maybe worse than people are saying, but having said that, if you could watch it with another person, it, it can be hilarious to laugh at this movie. This is a movie where half of the dialogue is either spoken off screen or the lips are completely out of sync <laughs> because they clearly changed the plot so last minute. Um, it, 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 it could potentially become something like The Room down the road to the point where I'm like, when we do... Bad movie month next year. I'm going to pitch doing bad superhero movies just so we could do Madam Web. I, I mean, I still haven't seen Morbius and I heard that was bad. Um, so, and I enjoyed the that. That first... one's just boring. This one's at least not boring bad. I enjoyed the Venom movies and I kind of feel bad for Dakota Johnson because I don't know. I, I somewhat like her, but I've you know what? I, I don't think I've seen her in anything, but I, I like her and yet she's always in crap like... movies. <laughs> I, th- seeing her publicizing this movie is so hilarious because mm. she's not even hiding her disdain for it. And I even shared with Jamie today this interview where somebody was trying to test her knowledge of Spider-Man as if that should be a reason why she's allowed to be in this movie. And they asked her, like, can you name all three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies? And she says, yes, Spider-Man, where did he go? (laughs) 
Spider-Man and he's back and Spider-Man, the goblet of spiders. Something like that. I'm like, that, I just want to see this woman do more interviews. Forget about whether she's a good actress or not. Yeah. I, there's something about her. I don't know. I just, I just like her and I feel bad for her because she just seems to be in shit movies. Whereas the guy, the other guy from 50 shades of gray, hasn't he kind of like redeemed his career? So like, it's kind of like what's poor Dakota sexist Hollywood. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Um, we've got 24 coming up. I think you've got one more Scott Pilgrim episode to go, don't you, mm. to, to close that out. And then uh, we're just over a week away from the Oscars. We're going to start off with Maestro and work our way through them. So uh, excited to bring you those. Spoiler-free reviews. What have we got? I mean, I guess maybe we've got Ghostbusters probably in a month or so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dune. Um, maybe if Noah sees Dune. Yeah, I'm, I have no interest. Good luck. Knock yourself out with that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't... There's not a whole... Oh, actually, the one that looked really good, I saw a trailer before this, which I didn't know existed, and I looked it up afterwards, is that Civil War movie. That looks really oh, good. Yeah. That looks amazing. So, Who doesn't uh, want Nick Offerman as the president? Jesse Plemons as some Make K- America Kirsten Great? Kirsten Dunst. Like, I was, I, was Kirsten watching, Dunst. I was watching the trailer going, who is that woman? She looks familiar. And I got home like, that was <laughs> Kirsten Dunst? I'm like, oh, she's changed. Um, But... Yeah, like that looks really good. So I'm I'm on board the uh, Civil War train. Uh, so there you go. But other than that, plenty of other things to keep you excited. So listen and do stuff. Uh, my name is Ben, and it seems we serve the same master. And my name is Colin, and sometimes the tools we need to fix ourselves are inside us the whole time. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.